0: Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. So hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And today we have a treat. We have two authors on, and it is her, their names are Kim Cooper-Finling and Libby Finling. So ladies, say hello to the listeners. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys might uh recognize from their last names that they are related a bit. So um they are. They're a mother-daughter writing team. So I'm pretty excited to have them on. So why don't we go ahead and get started? And Kim, why don't you tell us first where you and Libby, what state in the Pacific Northwest do you guys live in? We're in Oregon. Ah, yeah, so I read a little bit about your press release and your background, and and Oregon, you guys have a very special place in your heart for Oregon, and it shows up in your work, right? Definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, so Libby, I'm curious, um, so what grade are you in? Because you're in still eight. a student, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in eighth grade. Oh
0: my goodness, an eighth grade author already published, that's every author's dream, <laughs> That's so exciting. That's fantastic. Okay, and so let's start out with a little bit of background listeners. We're going to talk a little bit with Kim, and we're going to talk about her journey starting out, and then we're going to talk about their book together, and um, then Libby is going to share some of that reading with you guys. So so first, Kim, share with the listeners a little bit about your, your writing um, journey, because this is not your first book, but you have... A collection of work. So, why don't you share with us a little bit about your journey? Sure.
2: Um, I started freelance writing in the year 2000, and uh, I've been in Oregon my whole life. I grew up on the Oregon coast, and then I was in the valley for a while, and I've been in Bend now for 25 years. And so, Oregon was my natural subject. And Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, I've written a little bit of everything but I've done a lot of travel writing about Oregon. This book with Libby is my fourth book. My first book was a memoir about growing up in Oregon, and my Mm. second two books were travel books about Oregon. And then my fifth book is underway and it will come out next spring and it's also an Oregon travel book so oh,
0: I love it I love it so <laughs> so um if you listen to my podcast or my listeners know this I love I love the Pacific Northwest I'm just very passionate about it that um on the summertime is when I tend to do day trips you know because I work and can do the day trips so so your books from what I was looking at they seem to be kind of geared around that kind of a theme is that right yes yes yeah. 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 And are those inspired by you taking the kids out for trips around Oregon? A lot. of yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Especially, I mean, the kids grew up
2: basically in the backseat with us driving around the state doing fun things and it provided a lot of material for, for my books for sure. And magazine writing as well. I've done a lot of that and editing as well.
0: Well, I'm sure that was uh, and I'm sure your books are very helpful for families. I love the fact that you wrote about the areas around Oregon, you know, and day trips and taking families. So Libby, here's a question for you. Which one in birth order are you? Are you the youngest, oldest, or middle? I'm the oldest child. The oldest child. Fantastic. So you're the one in the back seat telling everybody what to do, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> i love Definitely. it yeah
0: yeah I, we uh we had two daughters and we did a lot of traveling around um, with them in the car but they seem to be two like separate entities there's there's not really an older younger scenario really too much but i was a child of five and we, oh, wow. we traveled a lot and i was the baby so i was i say i got pushed around <laughs> they my my siblings will say that i was the little baby brat but we'll you know that's <laughs> interpretation, right? That's what sibling loves. Yeah, yeah. So, let me let me let me ask you one more question about the traveling with your mom and then, you know, the writing and stuff. Is there one particular um area that you went to with your family that you enjoyed the most? Um, the coast. Yes, <laughs> my yeah. favorite. Yeah, well, that seems to be a little bit of a theme going with you guys, <laughs> yes. right? Mm, sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. We'll we'll get there, everybody. Don't don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the coast is my all-time favorite too. I love the ocean. I love the water. Any anytime I can be by, by water, I'm super happy, super happy, happy. Yes. So. T- So Kim, let's talk a little bit. So you did some freelance writing, you did some publishing. So were you originally, when you were writing your books, were you traditionally published, hybrid published, or self-publishing, or did you go through a journey of all three?
2: I have published in a lot of different ways, which is one of the interesting... Interesting things about my publishing journey, I guess, that my first book was a small press based in Oregon. My Mm -hmm. second book was a big press from back east. My third book was completely self-published. And then this book with Libby is a little bit of a hybrid publishing story with a plot twist that I think we're going to discuss later. And then my fifth book is also with that same large press back east
0: so oh, okay covered You covered the gamut, literally. Yeah, yeah. Experience. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, for those listeners like me that are aspiring, because you you ladies might not know this, I'm working on my first novel. And um, the podcast came out of me asking a lot of authors, So, how did you get published? You know, and then everybody had a different journey, either through self publishing or small press, or, you know, they were looking for an agent. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, all their advice is so great. Let's put in a podcast, which has taken over my life and so my book writing is going very slow but <laughs> you know besides the fact that I have a full-time job and I have a family you know so yes, uh, yes. yeah yeah you know how that goes okay yes. so out of the three let's let's say the three um hybrid publishing self-publishing and you know a, a decent-sized press publishing um, experience Kim what would you say would be your favorite or did you have a favorite aspect out of all three that you can Yeah, share.
2: I think that really is my takeaway, is that every method has its pros and its cons. And I also teach a lot of writing and publishing workshops. And that's mm-hmm. definitely what I've said to to people is, you know, that every single one of those methods has great things and things that are more of a challenge about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it yeah. really depends on the, the book and the person and their goals and what they really want you know but there's benefits of going all of those routes
0: so here's my question for you with raising the family and doing the traveling and you know is this is the writing aspect for you is it your full-time job you know besides family life right being a mother <laughs> yeah well
2: I actually have a day job with Oregon Media in Bend which is where we live oh. in, uh, and I uh i do some editorial travel guides for them with clients from around Oregon, um, okay. basically destinations that hire us to produce their travel guides. So oh, I have cool. that, that uh,
0: day job health
2: insurance yeah
0: yeah exactly no I get it (laughs) trust me my day job I work for higher education it's a wonderful job I love working with my students but you know my dream is to retire someday from that and write full-time (laughs) and do podcasts those are the only two things I want to do (laughs) yes so 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 share with me because I know you have a very active family life too because I know Libby you were just Libby you just came out of track season right yeah yeah how'd it go it was good 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 are you going into any other sports season for the summer or do you take summer off I take summer off good for you good camping. smart girl camping yeah. and beach trip season yeah and maybe more riding right yeah hopefully. yes <laughs> yeah yeah well good for you well um with all that Kim um how do you balance it all where do you get time to write I mean I know writing is you know your job and stuff but how do you get time to write on your own projects how do you develop do you have a routine you can share with us um you know my routine has
2: varied definitely over the years and I think that at this point I have gotten really skilled at the total juggle I mean mm-hmm. the, this last book that I w- was working on I wrote pieces of it at soccer practice yeah. and, you know <laughs> I've actually have gotten pretty good at writing in the car mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah do you, do you <laughs> use uh, membo membo a uh, voice memo from your phone and sometimes stuff yeah, yeah there are things that I need to
2: try to remember yeah yeah um you know it's Another thing I tell people when I teach is basically if you want it, you'll make it happen. And exactly. I've seen people do amazing things to fit writing into their lives, you know. Exactly
0: yeah I, I honestly believe that's my takeaway because um, I'm a super busy person too and some people ask me how do you get the time to do a podcast and write and be in a writer's group and work full- time and have a act out of life I'd say my kids are on autopilot because they're a little older then huh. um, Libby and your kids they're they've moved out essentially but they do wander back often for periods of time so they're a little on <laughs> I don't autopilot hundred percent but um, <laughs> So, so I just really feel like if it's your passion, you're going to do it. If it's not, you know, if, if it's not, then you're not going to do it. And I tell my students all the time too, you know, when they struggle with getting schoolwork done, I'm like, they're all adult students. You know, if you really want to do this, you're going to find the time to do it. You know, stay up right. late at night or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So let's talk about, okay. So before we get started on the actual book that you ladies worked on, on and work wrote together let's talk a little bit about the amazing story kim about um the dancing moon press because i read about this on your website and i'm like this is such a great story so share with us first what is dancing moon press for those of us that didn't know about it and then share with us a little bit about your involvement in it and and what has transpired with that
2: Well, the story of Dancing Moon Press really begins with the story of the book that Libby and I wrote together. That's exactly what led us to the press, which, um, to answer your question, it's a small, independent, hybrid publishing company, Mm -hmm. book publishing company, um, that was founded in Newport, Oregon, 22 years ago by a woman named Carla Perry, and she retired last fall. And my husband and I took over the book publishing company.
0: Wow. How does that happen? Like, she just like, well, do I that, want this? It was, uh,
2: it really has to start with the story of the book Libby and I wrote together. Okay, well, let's start That's there then. That's a great justice. segue. <laughs> um, Libby and I spent four years writing this book uh, and I would say we spent the first year writing, the second year editing, the third year trying to find a home for it. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth year really was in the, in the publishing of it. And during that third year of trying to find a home for it, we pitched it to agents and publishers in person and over Email and all of the various ways that one tries to get a book published. Mm -hmm. And during the process of that, I found Dancing Moon Press and I felt it was appropriate since the book is based on the Oregon coast. Mm -hmm. And um, I was intrigued by the idea of the hybrid independent model, which is, you know, self publishing, but with the umbrella of a established press with mm-hmm. a reach and a, a community of authors and mm-hmm. I reached out to Carla and she was excited about our book and happy to work with us and but I wasn't quite ready Libby and I were still we still had it out with a few publishers and we were trying to decide what to do but then several months later we were in Newport Mm-hmm. I thought. Well, yeah, I love Newport. we spend a week there every summer, so this was our family trip. And I thought, well, we might as well meet Carla. Mm-hmm. So we we made a coffee date with her at coffee Cafe Mundo, which is one of our favorite places in yes. Newport. And we sat down with her, and she said right away, she said, "Well, I'd still love to publish the sixth storm, but I'm retiring." And the press is either going to go away or someone is going to take it on.
0: And she looked at me and she said, do you want it? Oh, my heavens. <laughs> was your head just like spinning going, wait, I want it, and I want to publish this book, but what? what is this? That's a huge undertaking. <laughs>
2: it was an amazing uh, out of the blue. I mean, both Carla and I felt it was cosmic, but Libby was the one who
0: said. I witnessed it. <laughs> oh, you did? Tell us about it on your end, Libby.
1: Well, I we were sitting around a table, and they were talking about it, and I was so eager and nervous to talk about the book and then they just started talking about Dancing with the Press, and I was like whoa what just happened <laughs>
0: <laughs> mom the sidetrack here what's <laughs> happening
1: <laughs> but
2: my head was a little blown up but when we left the copy shop Libby basically said we're doing this yeah. mom <laughs>
0: oh, I love it I There's love no it, way you can do it. <laughs> good yeah. for you Libby I'm proud of you because you know um my daughters totally speak into my life all the time. Like they're always the ones that are like, mom, you need to do this. Or mom, don't be afraid. Jump through this hoop, right? You're going to love it. And they're, they're my biggest supporters. So I think that's awesome that you got to experience and witness that and encourage her. Cause you know, it takes some time away from mom being mom, right? <laughs> and dad <laughs> probably being dad. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of what's been fun about this whole
2: journey with Libby is, is her, fearlessness and you know encouraging me to be a little more fearless too and vice versa which I I guess we model fearlessness for each other
1: Uh, I (laughs) think that's telling me not to worry and I'm like you're just telling yourself that through me (laughs) oh that's so great I
0: love it well you guys are fantastic how exciting so so you guys took over and then did did you do the sixth storm um it was that your first book that you published Yourself. There were
2: well, there were a few other books in process still with Dancing mm-hmm. Moon, but uh, the sixth storm came out March first mm-hmm. of this year. So with the the brand new Dancing Moon Press logo, we did refresh a few things, and
0: away we go. Oh, how exciting. That's awesome. What a great story and what an awesome opportunity for not just you, Kim, but for you, Libby, also. I mean, I don't know. Are you thinking that you want to, in your future, write full-time like your mom is doing or do you have other plans for your your dreams and life?
1: Well, I love all forms of creativity, whether it's writing or art. Mm-hmm. I like theater, too.
0: Oh, you're a theater girl, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your? Have you been in like school plays, or your? Have you been in any kind of plays that you can tell us about? What's your favorite play?
1: <laughs> well, when I was like nine or something, I was in Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! You played one of the boys in Lord of
2: the Flies. That was one of my favorite roles.
0: Well, oh, that's so super cool because you have to yeah. do a really good job to play the opposite sex, I think, and I think it's fun too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a blast. Very I think cool. She's,
0: She's been in 16 plays now. 18. She's, yeah. good for you that's a lot of memorization too because you have to memorize all your lines and if there's dancing involved you have to be able to be a dancer and go to the beat of music and if you have to sing I mean it's just everything right there
1: yeah (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) she She was just getting ready for book gigging
0: (laughs) oh that's true so you are getting that foundational work so a lot of um, readers don't realize how much theatrics and getting ready for like Kim said reading going to read and presenting yourself for books. So uh, Libby, you're getting it right at the very beginning. That's awesome. So you guys yeah. have done awesome. uh, you guys have done a lot of book readings since the book came out because I've been watching on your Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and your website. So share with us just a couple places you've stopped at and shared the book together. And then um, tell us what it's like, you know, for, for you guys to work together like that in that capacity. It's been
2: a blast. Um, we've been to s- several bookstores. We had some informal readings here in Bend. Um, we had an event at the Deschutes Public Library. We had an event at uh, Grassroots Books in Corvallis. We have a couple more coming up, and then we've also been doing a lot of school visits. Mm-hmm.
0: And those friend. have been. <laughs> those super are your favorite, memorable. Libby. You like those the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, why what's the difference between the, the school event for you and maybe going to a library?
1: Well, a library, um there's older people, honestly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the kids can get into the book more. And I just love hearing compliments, comments, mm-hmm. questions. They have amazing questions. The kids are
2: really curious about the writing process way more than I expected. And mm-hmm. They ask
0: really great questions. Oh, I love it. Well, Libby, you're probably inspiring them too. They see somebody that's very close to their age and they're thinking, wait a minute, she she published, got a book published? I could do that. So I think that's really cool. So very good. Congratulations on that. You know, one thing that would be very cool, you know, not that you guys need to take my suggestions or add anything, but you guys might want to do a workshop with some kids and, you know, do, that would be a lot of fun. We
2: actually have a workshop scheduled at the Deschutes Public Library in July. Good. Um, And then we we just had a school visit this afternoon. I think it was our sixth, and it's our last one scheduled. And Libby and I both looked at each other and said, we want to do more of these. And so maybe in the fall, we'll try to do some more structured workshops.
0: Yeah, you'll have to come up our way. I'm Southwest Washington, so you got to come up our way, too. <laughs> well,
2: we do, we do have a Portland event Nice. August 23rd, okay. uh, another read-through.
0: Okay. Oh, yes, I know another read-through very well, yes. Uh,
2: maybe it's August 24th. I should check that, Vicki, and we should reshape
0: <laughs> that line. No, that's um, okay. What we'll do is, so my listeners know to go to my show notes, and what's on there is usually your website, and they can go right in and find you know, when your appearances are and you never know, you might meet somebody who said, Hey, I heard John on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just thinking if you said
2: this is going to run in July, then July. Yeah. We have a, we have one event in Newport, Oregon in August and then the another in Portland.
0: So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So let's, let me go back a little bit. Cause I'm, I'm curious. Um, Kim and Libby about the writing process between the two of you. So I was reading in your press release that it, Kim, you said that um, Libby was your catalyst, your muse and editor. And she, she was incredible in, in she actually started the story. So tell us a little bit about that without revealing too much of the story. Were you guys just talking about a story and Libby, you came up with it and shared it with your mom and they're like, Oh my gosh, we have to write this or how did that go? (laughs) Well,
2: Libby has always been a natural-born storyteller. I mean, as she said, she's very creative and she's always, what if this mom and, you know, storytelling yeah. and re- and relating her dreams over breakfast and whatnot. <laughs> I and, love it. <laughs> and so one night, this was four years ago, we started this project when she was 10 and there was this huge thunderstorm raging outside of our house and it was... Late in the evening and dark, and she said, "Mom, what if the weather represented people changing?"
0: Mm, that's very insightful for a <laughs> ten-year-old, Libby. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't know,
2: but I went and wrote it down. Immediately. Oh, so good I mother. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we have to do something with this. I, it felt—I don't know—it felt a little bit cosmic, but it also felt like a story. You know, in any yeah. story story can be about zombies or aliens or cars or whatever, but it's really about people and, and normally about people changing in some way. And I just felt like we needed to dive in and seize the moment and write a story together. So,
0: so did you do it conceptually together? Like you guys sat around and, you know, for a while you just talked about it or did you sit down literally sit down and have a computer and write it
1: out together how did it work so we all started with brainstorming sessions together we sat uh-huh. down talked about it in the sandwich shop every <laughs> week my sister was at dance and we would just go oh. next door so smart you guys you were <laughs> capitalize some time right (laughs) yeah
2: and we just started trying to figure out well we knew it was going to have weather in it but Mm. what was going to happen who were the people where was it going to be you know and we had some wild and crazy ideas in the beginning a lot of things didn't didn't make it in to the story but but they could be something else else, right (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Sequel. Yes. (laughs) So then after that initial brainstorming, I started writing a chapter at a time and I would bring the chapter back to Libby after I finished it.
0: And I would fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did read Libby that you were the an editor, and I'm like, that's very interesting. So how would you? How did you give your mom feedback? Did you just say, "Mom, this sucks," or were you kind? <laughs> I'd be like,
1: "Mom, fourteen year old kids don't say this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they don't. She it was, was
1: great with dialogue.
2: Yeah, very, so,
1: good. So, very good, very good.
2: Development and just helping keep the plot on track. It was mm-hmm. awesome to have immediate. Feedback, you know that we were steering this ship together. Yeah, you kept um, losing the car. I would lose things like cars. I would leave them places.
0: Oh, and she's like, "Mom, <laughs> didn't didn't the book say the last chapter of the car was somewhere else? Is that yeah. how? She, oh, I love it." <laughs> Everybody needs a Libby. Every writer needs a Libby in their life like that. Oh, yeah.
1: That <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have a calling, Libby. You have a calling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
0: awesome. That's so great. Well, I'm sure the listeners are just dying to hear a little bit more about the actual book. So let's let's get into it. So um, Libby, I believe you're the one that's gonna do the reading for us, right? Yeah okay so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you set the stage so share with us what you can about the story the characters without sharing too much because I really want everybody to be interested right and then you can go ahead and go right into your reading and I'm gonna go quiet and listen sweet
2: awesome I'm actually gonna take over for a second and do not a problem be the mic awesome so the sixth Storm is set on the Oregon coast. Uh, the lead character is about to turn 14. Her name is Skye, and she starts experiencing crazy, crazy weather. And in her family, crazy weather is a little bit of a theme and upsetting because a few days after Sky was born her aunt Penelope, her mother's twin sister, was killed in a storm. And her mother has never really gotten over that. And her birthday's approaching, which means it's almost the anniversary of Penelope's death, and Skye's worried about her mom. And so that's where we are as we enter the beginning of Chapter 2. Libby, take it away.
1: Tuesday, January 5th, 1999, 7.14 a.m. Sky's birthday was in seven days. She crept out of the house before dawn and scurried in the dusky gloom towards the beach. She needed to get a glimpse of the sky before anyone else did. Last night on KTSC Weather Report, weatherman Jerry Petricor forecasted light showers moving into the cove late this morning. Nothing of note in the town that received 75 inches of rain a year, and certainly nothing that might send her mother into a panic. Lewis Street was quiet and dark. It was just bad luck that Skye had been born three days before her aunt died. Majorly terrible luck, mostly for her aunt, of course, but also for Skye, because all her mother could think about on her birthday was Penelope, storms, and death, which meant she definitely was not thinking about cake, presents, and balloons for her only daughter. It wasn't raining, not yet. The air was moist and shot through with the winter's chill. Skye climbed up the dune into sand that still held the cold of night. Her parents had turned in early last night. She heard them talking in the bedroom until late. Their voices were muted, her dad's careful and pleading, her mother's choked, full of sorrow. Skye couldn't hear what they were talking about, but she didn't need to. She heard it all before. Her father would soothe and plead, but her mother was unreachable. Andrew had not come home at all, not before Skye went to bed anyway. Maybe her brother had sensed their return of the mom darkness and chosen to stay away. Sky paused at the top of the dune. She glanced over her shoulder and then surveyed the beach. There was rarely anyone out this early, but it was creepy to be out alone at dawn as she was reluctant to stray too far from home. A sliver of light was visible to the east, hinting at the rise of the sun. Everything seemed as calm as Jerry had projected. With relief, Sky inhaled one more deep breath of sea air before turning on her heel to hurry back to the cottage. Then, a grumbling at her back sky whirled and faced the ocean she squinted at the shoreline water surged suddenly in an unsettled sea the gentle light had shifted to purple sharply with ugly gray as if the sunrise were fighting with the bottomless dark of the nighttime ocean a silvery sheet of rain sprang into view over the ocean and began moving towards shore fast then a growl louder and closer this time sky fell back a few steps the wall of rain reached the beach in seconds a curtain of droplets moved up the beach towards her, jabbing angry polka dots into the sand. Skye searched the horizon for an explanation. Boom! A crash of thunder rocked the earth. A jagged white hot lightning bolt slammed into the churning sea, lighting up the rugged shoreline for a fast second before the whole scene fell to creepy light, the color of a bruise. Another thunderclap threw sky to the ground. She clamped her hands over her ears. Thunderstorms were uncommon at the beach. Much more likely to form the mounds near the sea. Thunderstorms require unstable air, and Jerry Hatter reported that the length of time between a lightning bolt and a thunderclap determined how far away a thunderstorm was. This storm not only came crashing out of nowhere; it was ridiculously close as well. Another boom sounded, followed immediately by a lightning bolt that shot to the beach like a spear on fire. Sky ran. She slid down the dune and crashed to the pavement of Lewis Street. Her converse slipping on wet sand. Her heart pounded and her legs churned. The street before her flashed white hot as another lightning bolt chased her home. Ahead, the cottage was illuminated in the ugly purplish light. Her mother's car and her father's truck were parked in the driveway. But where was Anders' Honda? She sprinted across the drive as ice-cold daggers of rain pelted her head. She threw open the door and fell inside, slamming her hand over her mouth. Don't make a sound. Please let Mom be in bed with a pillow over her head. Down the hallway... Her parents' door was closed. Andrew's door was cracked open, but she couldn't see in from this angle. No sounds of movement, and then, behind her, rocks hitting glass. Skye threw open the curtains and swiped at the water that dripped down her face. A slurry of gigantic hailstones hit the concrete patio with such force they went right back up towards the sky. What was happening? At the beach, hail was as unlikely as thunderstorms. The cedars in the front yard swayed wildly as another lightning bolt raced to the ground. The onslaught of hail battered the old shake roof. The whole world had gone gray and white with banging and hammering. Behind the wall of hail, towards shore, clear blue. The hail swept over the little cottage in a clattering frenzy, chased by nothing but a flawless sky. Sky waited. She watched. Silence. Blue sky. A bird chirped uncertainly from the side yard. Sky scrambled for the remote and switched on the TV, keeping the volume low. Jerry Petchikor stood for the 8 a.m. forecast in a flawless blue shirt before the green screen map of the northern Oregon coast. Good morning, Starfish Cove, he announced with his usual confidence. He said the same thing every day, but this time he sounded like he'd had a triple espresso chased with chocolate bars for breakfast. Today, I have the most interesting job in town, he continued, skittering back and forth across the screen. You wouldn't know if you haven't got out of bed yet but Starfish Cove has been experiencing the most remarkable weather. Beginning just a few minutes ago, hailstones of exceptional scope began falling. Jerry continued. And who among you witnessed that incredible show of lightning and thunder at dawn? Skye's heart slammed. She glanced towards the hall again. Her mother was going to freak out. Was this how the storms of 1985 had begun? The storms that took Penelope? Jerry gestured at the weather map. Dark green and purple swept over Starfish Cove and vanished. The screen switched to video replay. On TV, the lightning looked gorgeous and dangerous. None of this was forecast, Jerry said, and despite what just took place, the prediction for the rest of the day remains calm with little rain. Skye heard footsteps and whipped around to see her parents standing in the hall. David's eyes were amazed, but Veronica's face was white and pinched. Right before her mother turned and fled the room, her blue eyes welled with a pool of tears. And that's chapter two. <laughs> bravo
0: Libby fantastic reading beautiful writing and I think like everybody else that's listening we want to read the rest what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good very good great job so while I was listening to Libby I have to ask Libby one question about the whole process for you for writing with your mm-hmm. mom what was your favorite part of the whole process if you can just do one thing um mm. I love creating
1: the characters. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and did you get to have a lot of input on what their attitudes and and personalities were going to be like? Yes, definitely. Fantastic. Did they talk to you? Did your characters talk to you like they do the rest of us authors? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> oh, yay. I love it. I love it. Well, Kim, before we go, can you give one piece of advice to any of aspiring authors? Um, you're, you guys are so inspiring to me. I'm like thinking now, how can I bring my daughters into my writing <laughs> in the future? So, but besides that, what's what's some advice, Kim, that you can share with somebody like me? Well, one of the
2: the things that we've shared with the students that we've presented to is, you know, there are two types of writers. There's plotters and pantsers. And Mm -hmm. the plotters want to know where they're going and have everything figured out. And the pantsers just go by the seat of their pants and hope it works out. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, in this case, we were definitely pantsers. And I don't know that that's always my advice, but I think there was great value in just continuing Mm -hmm. down the road. And my whole mantra through that, this book was just keep going. Mm -hmm. because it was my first first attempt at fiction. And so it was a lot different than the other books I'd written. And so my advice
0: is just
2: keep going.
0: I love it. Oh, great advice. Well, thank you, ladies, the wonderful Oregon-based mother-daughter writing team, Kim Cooper Fidling and her amazing daughter Libby Fidling with their book, The Sixth storm it's out now so listeners get on our show notes um if you can see where they're at and go visit them at one of their readings make sure you let them know that you heard them on the podcast and ladies when you guys write again i'll definitely bring you back because this has been a lot of fun thank, thank you. you so much Vicki. thank you for listening to the podcast we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.